watch the breakdown. Hey, good to see you. What's going on? Holy crap, it's been, uh, well, I mean, 2020 was the longest year ever. True. Somehow we made it. And here we are, back in the Breakdown Podcast, season three already. You kidding? I'm surprised. I'm surprised we got this far. I'm surprised we're here. I'm ready to go. I'm excited for what we have coming up. Truly. Which is a lot. I mean, we're... uh, we're back, baby. We got a beautiful new setup. Here we are. You can see our smiling faces instead of hearing our uh, smiling voices, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. Um, the last time you heard us was on kind of a, a different note was with our Black Lives Matter podcast. And after that, we kind of took the summer and reevaluated everything and, and got uh, ready for this season as well. So, uh, yeah, you mentioned it was one of the longest years ever actually probably was the longest year ever but uh glad we're out of it suffice to say uh since we last spoke we no longer have donald trump as president of the united states that has been handed off to joe biden uh the edmonton oilers have survived a three and six start to their season and are now one of the most competitive teams in the nhl on a night in and night out basis so realistically 2021 has brought a lot of positive energy and we're trying to parlay that into another good season of podcasting here. So a couple of technological upgrades, and then we'll be doing the same old thing outside of that. Our first episode, we'll check in with a former classmate as she's sort of popped off on, on social media, which I think we all knew the potential there for her to be able to do something like that really from day one. So no big surprises. Uh, Might do a couple follow-ups on some previous podcasts that we've done as well. Well, and then, of course, we'll bring some news stories, whether it's from the realm of, of music or entertainment or sports or whatever the case may be. We're back. And the real aim here is for good conversation. Exactly. We want to have fun. We want to entertain, but we want to have great conversation. We want to learn. It's We have such a, a great community and such a diverse community especially how much Edmonton in itself is growing as well so and plus you mentioned the Oilers are playing pretty well too so uh, the community's uh, doing pretty well I guess <laughs> lots to break down I would say over the course of this season um, and looking forward to doing that with you my friend so oh, yeah Let's tee it up. Isabel Lumsden, a former classmate of ours at the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology, where you and I both got television diplomas, as did she. Uh, Since then, she has gone back to school as a court stenographer, which is something that you know, you always kind of see if you're a fan of true crime, you've seen the stenographer there, but Certainly you have no concept of what the technology is actually like and her whole um, ascension into sort of social media fame on TikTok was largely a part of her bringing a lot of that into light and, and sort of um, maybe exposing a new, not a new art, but shining a new light on an old form that is very important, obviously, to our society in, in a couple of different realms. Well, it's such a cool platform and such a different platform for her to be uh, putting this onto in such a cool community and base, I guess, of of people because it's so diverse. TikTok is so 
uh, we mentioned just kind of the growth and the the different uh, outreach that this community can have TikTok in itself. And it's, it's really cool how she's used her skills from radio and television and in her past as well to growing this cool, almost uh, vintage type of art into uh, this type of our culture now today. Yeah, and the art itself is vintage. The way that it gets accomplished in a modern setting with modern technology is anything but vintage. It's an incredible conversation. You'll hear about her interviews with some major news outlets and just how she sort of ended up being almost a spokesperson for an industry in which she's still learning. So without further ado, Isabel Lumsden, TikTok star, season three, episode one of the Breakdown Podcast. Watch the breakdown. All right. It's episode one of season three of the Breakdown Podcast. And our first guest uh, it pretty much had to be Isabel Lumsden with the amount of steam you've been picking up on, uh, on TikTok. Uh, first of all, thank you for taking some time to join us. No, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Of course. Now, we're, we're a little bit late to this, Poppy, as I'm sure you've seen. Isabel's been all over uh, People Magazine and CBC and all the rest of it. So we'll get into that a little bit. But uh, Isabel, a former classmate of ours uh, in the radio and TV program at Nate's and then spurring off into a, sort of a different, very unique field. And uh, maybe that's where we should pick things up. Uh, you know, you go through everything at the RATV program and decide that maybe stenography is for you. Where did that come from? It actually came from my mom. So like I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. I mean, I was kind of, I worked for a year after I got my television diploma. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of went to my parents and I was like, you know, I don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> and my mom started doing some research and she found the captioning and court reporting program at Nate and did some more research. She knows how much I love true crime. She knows me better than I know myself. And so, yeah, she brought it up with me and was like, have you ever thought about being a stenographer? And I was like, no, never. Literally, I've, what is that? And then I did my own research and I was like, you know what? This seems like it'll be a great fit. So that's where it came from. <laughs> Pretty random. So, so you started uh, January of 2020, right? So at the start of last year, right? I started in September. In September. Okay. Yeah, 2020. So so, oh, so you were like in the midst, in the middle of this pandemic while you were yes. starting this. What, yeah. what, what is it like to learn something so drastically new in the middle of a pandemic online on screens? Honestly, it's really hard. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's good and it's bad because um, being a stenographer is all about uh, practice. So you need to practice a lot. So it's really nice not having to travel to school and back home. Um, and so I can just practice literally whenever I want, which is really nice. Um, but it's also super hard because especially at the beginning, you're kind of like, how do I even set this machine up? How, how do I know where to put my hands? And so it, it definitely would be nice to have some sort of guidance there um, and have them kind of showing you exactly what to do and almost spoon feeding you in a way, <laughs> being like, put your hands like this. No, you're doing that wrong. Yeah. Um, but it's also great because it gives you the freedom just to practice whenever and no time of commuting or anything like that. 
So maybe before we go any further with this, so can you outline in your words what the role of the stenographer is in a courtroom and, and maybe even outside of a courtroom? I'm not sure if they have a role outside of those, those four walls, but uh, just what, what, what is a stenographer? Yeah, so a stenographer basically, so they use a stenograph machine, which is basically a shorthand writing machine that has a certain amount of keys. And in the courtroom, they write verbatim everything that is spoken in the courtroom. And then um, they can also be used outside of the courtroom for captioning television shows, also for people who are hard of hearing. Um, so they're needed in schools, hospitals, pretty much everywhere you can think of they're needed as long as there are people who are either hard of hearing or they need a direct transcript. So then a stenographer would take everything they've written on their machine and edit it and then send it back to the lawyers, whoever needs it. And my, sorry, Brad, but my understanding is that there's actually like a sort of a shortage of, of people to fulfill the role. Is that true? Yes, that is true. There's, I know in the United States, there's a nationwide shortage and I know there's no shortage of jobs here in Canada from what my instructors have told us. Um, so I'm looking forward to <laughs> what the job market has for me in the future. Well, I've been watching a lot of suits recently. Like I'm on the second <laughs> season, I'm loving it so far. But I, I noticed uh, a stenographer in negotiations. I was like, like I, it was so beyond me that it would be not just confined to the the courtroom, I guess. So it was. In, it's interesting to see the diversity of it. But are you able to choose if you just want to be a court uh, stenographer, or if you want to be, uh, you know, in the television captioning or negotiations, or is it like a contract? How how does that kind of work? Yeah. So you can pick whichever field you kind of want to do the most. Um, and then it's my understanding that it's kind of you can work for a courthouse. So then you would be on salary or whatever it would be, but you can also work on contracts so lawyers could hire you. Um, and then you could go sit in their, I, I, I'm, I'm still a student, do. so yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, so you can kind of, it can go either way and you kind of have your pick of whatever you wanna do there. So being, I mean, you just said it right there. You're, you're a student in your own rights and yet you're somehow, also um, a model, if not a, a sort of, I don't even know what we would describe you as other than somebody who is shedding a whole lot more light on this field than perhaps ever before. And this is where TikTok comes into play because it's got such a wide reach for you and you've been able to utilize it in just such an unbelievably effective manner to draw really unique attention to that. Um, can you take us through the process of maybe deciding in the first place how you were going to go about creating content out of such a unique uh, thing that you were doing? Yeah, well, basically back in September, I kind of realized like I've never seen this before anywhere. Like I didn't know very much about it until I did my own research as I'm sure you guys probably barely knew anything yeah. about it either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I posted a video and somebody, it maybe got a thousand likes and somebody was like, can you tell us more? And so then I decided to do a stenograph machine tour and that video absolutely blew up. And I did not expect that. I mean, I thought it was unusual and unique and people might find it interesting, but I definitely didn't expect the type of reception it did receive. It was insane when I opened up my TikTok and there was like hundreds of thousands of likes and views. 
Um, yeah, so I, I, I guess I mostly wanted to kind of share it with my followers, kind of be like, you know, this is something that exists, but I didn't expect it to happen the way it happens and be as big as it was. But yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. When, uh, what is it like to have kind of the, the impact that you've already had on the industry as a student still? Because like you're still learning, but you're still able to educate so many people as you're learning. So it's, it's really cool to see your, your progression in, in, in your, your learning as well through that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's awesome. And it's also a little stressful. I mean, it's, it's kind of opened so many doors for me. I have so many stenographer friends across the world now, which yeah. is amazing, who I can just ask my questions to. Um, and I've loved that. But it's also a little stressful sometimes when people have questions for me. And I'm like, I don't know how to answer this for you, because I'm literally still in my first year of this program. Um, but it's also super cool because I, I've been able to educate people as I'm getting an education. So it's kind of, as opposed to being like a vetted stenographer where you don't really know what people are interested in in the field, I can kind of be like, you know what, this was interesting to me and I just learned it. So it's probably going to be interesting to other people as well. And And we know that you being able to turn around and teach that to somebody else, like that's huge for your own understanding of everything. So you're sort of benefiting yourself in a lot of ways around this. But I want to circle back to that pressure. You know, you, you start seeing uh, 10,000 views or 100,000 views or a million views or something. You're up over 3.3 million total likes on your account. You know, is there is there some sort of pressure that you feel in order to come up with unique content or have you had a pretty good time finding different ideas to keep it fresh? Because I'm actually blown away at the amount of individual like unique videos that you've been able to put out with such a niche thing. Yeah, I definitely feel the pressure. Um, it's like, I sometimes I get in a role and I have a bunch of video ideas in my brain and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and I'll pre-shoot a bunch of videos and then I'll be able to like upload them every single day. Um, and then other times, like right now, I'm kind of in a funk where I'm like, I have no idea <laughs> what I want to upload. And there is a lot of pressure to it, but I think I'm kind of starting to realize that TikTok is such a weird platform where some of your videos could do amazingly well, have millions of views, and then other videos could have like a thousand views. And you're like, what happened here? Like <laughs> this video only has 60 likes and then my video before it has... 400,000 likes, like <laughs> what's happening? Um, so I've, I've, I guess kind of started taking that pressure off of myself where I'm like, ooh, every video has to be a winner. Um, but it is definitely kind of stressful to come up with video ideas and have it flow, especially when I kind of get into a funk where I'm like, I feel like I've told everything I've, I know. And does, does it feel like maybe because it is such a unique thing, you know, do you feel like you're sort of um, on an island in terms of like, you can't necessarily collaborate with a ton of people because you're the only one that I know that has any idea about any of this, right? <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels that way. I mean, thankfully, because of my platform, I have a lot of um, connections now in the whole stenography world. Um but it, it also is tough, especially with COVID, like it's really hard to kind of make real life connections and 
have that through TikTok. Um, I mean, I would love to travel to New York and visit my New York friends now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is definitely difficult. Although I do know of some other people who have started making stenography TikToks. So it's 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 growing. Cool. <laughs> so can you just kind of talk a little bit about uh, the community on TikTok? Because I was big on Vine and I love that kind of that Vine era and those videos and stuff like that. But it, is that the community from Vine, if you were big on Vine? Um, can you talk about that community as opposed to the TikTok community? Yeah. So I find the TikTok community is compared to Vine, I guess it's a little bit broader. There's like a little bit of everything on TikTok compared to Vine. I feel like Vine was definitely, I mean, like six second videos and they were usually funny videos and you could just sit there and scroll through. And I mean, TikTok is the exact same. You sit there and scroll through, but well, like the communities are super similar because it's a very similar platform. I think it's definitely, I feel like there are almost more people on TikTok (laughs) now and it's, I mean, you find everything from boring stenography videos that I make <laughs> to like hilarious videos that somebody else makes. So I, I feel like the community is similar, but I definitely think the platform has been used for more, I guess, voices. Well, the growth of it has been insane because uh, like my parents are on TikTok now. They're sending me TikToks. I set up two TikTok (laughs) accounts for them and like they've even seen your TikToks too. And it's like, it's crazy the growth and and just the outreach that it can have. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And I feel like also on TikTok compared to Vine, I feel like it's a lot easier for your videos to go viral. And you could have like one viral video, whereas I feel like Viners kind of had a bunch of videos that went viral and then they kind of created a platform for themselves. Whereas with TikTok, you could have one video blow up and then the rest of them, you could just go back down to being nothing, you know, so. What has been most beneficial to you in terms of being able to sort of blend the stenography world, but also borrowing from your experience in the RATV program and some of just the video shooting and editing skills and, and um, maybe just how you look at things differently and, and, and can assess that this would be like an, a unique piece of content. Um, it, it's got to have really helped you in t- where you are today and what you're doing now. Oh, definitely. It's, it's kind of, I, I feel like a lot of people might not have even thought of recording their stenography journey. <laughs> um, but thankfully, I've had that background and I, I've always been interested in video. And I also, I guess it probably comes easier to me than it would to other people. Like, for instance, I was showing somebody how to work TikTok this morning. So it's kind of, yeah, it just comes more natural to me, I guess, since I was in the RITV program. So with the exposure now of what you're doing and with uh, stenography as well, um, you've talked to like CBC, People Magazine, like all over the places. And I also saw a Yahoo interview as well. Yahoo! What? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even realize they still employed journalists. I mean, I didn't actually interview anyone for the Uh, Yahoo thing. I think they just kind of ripped off another article that I did. Um, And then somebody sent it to me and I was like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yahoo News. But those, so those have, 
kind of flowing, been flowing in a little bit more. How is that running in along with your experience with our ATV? How has that kind of uh, been for you as well? It's it's been great because I'm I mean I have that background training of how to be on camera, how to do interviews. So it's it's interesting because I know what those people are going through, and I feel like it also probably makes me more. I guess understanding. I mean, Nate Newswatch came and interviewed me, and that, yeah, so it was it was like a full circle moment. I was like, wow, this is <laughs> this is insane, and um, yeah, it just. I guess I just have that like I already have that background, so it kind of makes it easier for me and maybe less stressful than it would say my dad, who I would give tips to when he <laughs> he has to do interviews. So. Yeah. You can imagine those news meetings too, then. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can just imagine. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, moving forward for you, um, how much schooling do you have left? Are you anticipating getting employed fairly quickly after school? Is that typically what the transfer is like? How is this going to work for you in the next steps? Yeah. So, I have, I mean, just over a year left. It's a two year program. So, I'm just about finished my first year. And then um, I do expect to <laughs> be employed right after school. And hopefully I want to move somewhere, um, big city somewhere. So either East Coast, West Coast, um, in Canada, or even in the States, since there is such a shortage just everywhere. And since I do have connections everywhere, it's it's been pretty amazing to have people in California or New York being like, if you ever need anything, like, let me know when you graduate. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Um, but yeah, next steps are just going to be get employed. I mean, there's a really high employment rate for this profession, of course. So, yeah. Is there kind of, because you mentioned New York and I guess California, I guess those would make sense. But is there kind of like a, a hub-ish, I guess, for, for stenography or is it Mr. Worldwide? I, I think it's just Mr. Worldwide, yeah. you know. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide as I step in the room. I mean, I think New York has a lot of crime, so they do need a lot. Ah, that um, would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard I've heard some <laughs> stuff about New York. Um but yeah, no, I think it's pretty much anywhere you want to go, you you could go. And I love big cities, so I hoped <laughs> to move to one. <laughs> so are you, I'm, I'm sorry, I might have missed this earlier, but are you wanting to be in the court? Are you wanting to be, are you still trying to decide that right now? As of right now, I want to be in the courts. Um, I love true crime, so I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, obviously you don't want crime to happen, Naturally. but... I, I mean, if I could sit in on a juicy divorce case or something, I would, <laughs> I would be just as happy with that. <laughs> Interesting. Um, the final question that I have for you, you're talking about such a, a worldwide, you know, network, if you will, of stenographers, but social media fame can be social media fame. And we are in a city of a million people here in Edmonton. Are you, you've been recognized at all? Are you, you know, is there any, any sort of celebrity that's come along? Because your Instagram account and, and the followers have, have popped off from that as well. So yes, in have. terms of your overall like online presence, I imagine that that's, that's been inflated quite a bit from the TikTok fame. Uh, has that bled into real life at all? 
No, it has not. <laughs> <laughs> and you're happy with it that way? Yeah, so yeah, far I'm, I'm good with it. I mean, if I if I end up having a million followers at the end of the day, I will expect to be noticed some at some point. <laughs> but yeah, no, I nobody yet. And I mean, according to my sister, I need to have a hundred thousand followers on TikTok to be considered any sort of TikTok mm, famous. Okay. And you know, well, I'm you're at, like, at uh, 83 right now, as, as I last looked. Yeah. Is that right? That's up to yeah. date? There we go. Okay. We're getting close. Maybe this will push you up a 17, and then we can get yes. some... Uh... I thought this was a clout chase for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all me. It's all me. I'm chasing your guys' clout. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, anything left from you, Poppy? I think this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, this has been great. I love just uh, learning about this not only from your tiktok but from this conversation it's it's awesome i really appreciate what you're you're doing it's cool it's awesome yeah, yeah well, and uh, i think the last thing that we should say is like where where can people find mm -hmm. your content what is the handle well they can find me on tiktok or instagram and it's just isabel lumsden just I don't know if you want me to spell it, but <laughs> well, we'll throw the link in the bio for you. Yeah, Good talking with you, Izzy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Watch the breakdown. Such an interesting occupation, such an interesting little community there for, for stenography. I learned so much. I mentioned just how much I learned from her TikTok and, and that conversation, but it's such a cool art. Completely. And Listen, I don't know who programs, uh, like when you're yeah. looking, you got to check it out. It, go to her TikTok and you've got to see the translation because as I understand it, you're sort of going off of the sound of the words and that translates into keyboard A, which then goes into computer B and puts itself back together as a normal word. Now, Which is also, sorry, which is also why like, a lot of people are like oh well ai will take it over and we uh, and she talks a lot about how that's just not going to happen on her tiktoks as well because yeah. the the dialect and the way that we say things like even if you were to say something into siri or or alexa or whatever into your phone right now it's gonna probably have a difficult time hearing you just there as well and how many times have you had been pissed off at siri for it saying no i didn't say apple pie i said <laughs> I don't know what rhymes with half a pie, but. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you think about it in a courtroom setting, people talking over each other mm -hmm. and what that might look like. And anyway, so um, at Isabel Lumsden on Instagram, you can find her TikTok through there. I'm not, do I have to confess? I'm not on TikTok. Oh, you an old head? I guess so. I guess, I, I, come on. If you're listening in season three, you know by <laughs> yeah. now I'm an old head. Music. Well, mostly just with music, music. but yeah. music. You had it though. You had TikTok. I did. People like sometimes suggest to me that it's something I should get. But anyway. Well, my I'm parents are on it now. So that makes, are you like generationally older than my parents? <sighs> yes. Either that or they're willing to throw themselves into a realm that I'm just still too intimidated by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway uh season three episode one in the books coming up next we didn't get to delve into we talked american football but one thing that the pandemic has brought you and i my friend or rekindled if you will is a love of european football specifically with manchester united promising move this from manchester united rashford back to bruno fernandez 
And that is an absolutely glorious goal from Manchester United. Yeah. We will be keying in a little bit on that over the course of this season and pleased to be linking up with uh, with some guys that, frankly, we're going to try and follow in the footsteps of in terms of what they've been able to carve out for themselves uh, with their own podcast. Totally. The fellas at the 90th minute here, they are stationed here in Edmonton, so they're not even... Uh, as we said, American football, but they're not American soccer fans down in the States. They're here in Edmonton. They're based here in Edmonton. They just reached a whole bunch of subscribers or they just had, I think, 100,000 or 10,000 subscribers in on uh, YouTube here as well. So they are booming. Another one of our uh, former classmates as well from uh, Nate. So Matthew Wozniak will be joining us next episode as well uh they have great content they just had brendan dunlop from uh used to be with sports centers or sports net rather on their uh, live stream as they live stream like champions league games and they're having so much outreach and support from people all around the world it's awesome it's great to see what they're doing there so we'll get the lowdown on how they've been able to sort of centralize their content from edmonton as you're mentioning but Uh, it's amazing the listenership that they've been able to achieve overseas. And I think that, you know, with the rise of Alfonso Davies Mm -hmm. uh, at Bayern Munich, being an Edmontonian, being really the first Canadian soccer star in the men's circuit, we know what Christine Sinclair has meant to Canadian soccer. Alfonso Davies is really on the frontier of, of being the first men's superstar. And so as his popularity grows overseas, certainly we're looking at what Waz and the rest of the 90th Minute gang are doing and, and watching them grow their brand overseas as well. We should also mention that we're not just hipster soccer fans after Alfonso Davies we loved soccer beforehand (laughs) we did love soccer beforehand but uh uh, it was one of the first sports back during the the pandemic and it was one of the first sports to figure it out uh without fans and and play uh, all around uh with their restarts so it was great to be able to grow a passion that we had early in our lives and to be able to to rekindle that uh today it's great Still hockey fans through and through, of course, yeah. but but it's been a lot of fun on Saturday mornings following the European football circuit. Anyway, enough rambling. Episode two on deck shortly. We're back, baby. Watch the breakdown. Care for me, care for me. I know you care for me. There for me, care for me. You said you die for me. Give to me, give to me. Why won't you live for me? Care for me. 